0: This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to... Boss Killers! Killers. (laughs) 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 And there's the giggles. Always the giggles. Never will not be giggles. Hi, everybody! We're back! This is our last episode of Cecil Hotel Month. I... I'm kind of ready. can't believe it. I know, it was like our first big, like... I know. We've been planning it for a while. I, like... Now we it's did, over.
1: We did two really big well, technically three really big cases. Alisa Lamb. Alisa Lamb, Jack, and I mean Jack
0: was not Liz is not that short. well known, but yours are well known. And we didn't but, do Richard Ramirez. Sorry guys. That's cliche. That's even bigger. Yeah, that's gonna be a big <laughs> That's big gonna be episode. like
1: maybe its own month. Like we'll find out.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe its own month and then like a couple of minis yeah we weren't
1: ready for that big of a month yet
0: (laughs) no i mean but but we do have a big month so next month guys (laughs) it's spook spook fest because it's october we're not telling you obviously what we're doing but it's going to be cool and we're excited about it i'm so excited about it (laughs) and then november is going to be a big one too nicole's remember trying to remember what we are doing but I remember, I'm, at least what I'm doing.
1: I remember, I think I remember the case you want to cover. Yeah. And I can't remember what we decided the month was going to be. There's no month.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like it why? was just like, I want to do this really big case. And you were like, okay. okay. <laughs> so we're going to just do two really big cases that month. It's going to be called the big one. The big one. <laughs> that's, that's what the month is called. The big one. Z- and then parentheses, Yes. The first one.
1: <laughs> and then when we do another one eventually It'll be like the second one The second one
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yep anyway so sorry Exciting s- things ahead. S- we're going to say Cyanara to the Cecil after today But Cyanara Cecil well, I'm they're sure there, they're, they're going to be
1: They're quite literally saying Cyanara to the Cecil I mean they kind of already did but What do you mean
0: I mean technically it's not the Cecil hotel anymore Meh I don't think that they're going to keep the stay on me Probably not. They're well, we're gonna talk about because guys, today we're gonna be talking about I'm not I'm just gonna say it right out front. Okay. We are talking <laughs> about the very sordid, scary, spooky history of the seesaw. Like why it has its reputation for being so creepy and all that good stuff. And we're gonna talk about a lot of murders today. Heck yeah. And <laughs> suicides and uh overdoses and lots of things. Lots of not-so-fun things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're talking about today. Anyway, um, Nicole, what are we drinking? Guys, we have
1: another Chronic Cellars. We're we excited. have not drank a Chronic Cellars in a while. We drank what? Oh, crap. I it was the remember. bubbly one. It was the bubbly one. With that the I, Sculptopus it. was it. a Sculptopus. Everybody's like, oh, God, the Sculptopus. <laughs> I think we rambled about the Sculptopus the when sculptopus. we had the <laughs> <laughs> we love the Skulltipus. We loved the Scultibus. We I was also trying to find the description of this bottle, and we came across their entire website, and we found out, like, every single one of their bottles has some kind skull of, like, on skull on it. Skeleton. skeleton. And love they're it. adorable, and we want, like, every single one of those
0: bottles. Chronic Sellers, hello! Um, we will talk you up forever! Heck
1: yes. <laughs> the one we just happened to find at the liquor store this week was... Oh, that was adorable! Wait. You heard it. Oh, I hope you guys can hear the tiny muse. (laughs) Come here, little girl. (laughs) She was like, "I hear ladies talking. I want to be part of the gang." You are. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So anyway, my uh, we are not drinking anything having to do with the cat. Um, No, she's just just being cute. Is an adorable cat. Um, We are drinking Chronic Cellars Red Blend. Um, it is their 2019 version, because when I was looking it up, I, it looks like they changed their label as it got later in the years. Like the 2016 had, like, a different label to oh,
0: it. Oh, okay. Um, but it's the 2019. He has a Hawaiian shirt on, guys. Oh, wait, no, wait. It has dice on it.
1: Yes, it does. He's, it's like a skeleton, and he's wearing a pair of sunglasses, and he's got a purple shirt on that's got dice all over it. It looks like it would be a Hawaiian and shirt. And it's called though, Purple like. Paradise. Oh, it is called
0: Purple Paradise.
1: And just to break it down for you, this red blend, which I think this is really cool. I have never seen this on a red blend bottle No, before. yeah, and I love it. This tells you the exact breakdown. So this is a 70% Zinfandel, a 17% Petite Syrah, a 9% Syrah, and then a 4% Grenache which I also forgot to look up what the heck a Grenache is. If you know, please tell us. My sister's cringing again.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> if she listens.
1: I don't think she does. <laughs> when she finally catches up, she's going to be like, God, they talk about me a lot, freaking weirdos. <laughs> You're uh, going to be our
0: grumpy sommelier. We ready
1: to I want a grumpy sommelier so bad. <laughs> Although she's really not that grumpy. <laughs> she's just going to be grumpy when she hears about all of our terrible decisions like thoughts on wine and use of wine words
0: sorry that was so loud (laughs) i'm so
1: sorry we very much do not use mouthfeel in the proper sense of the word at all nope we do not (laughs) i'm not ashamed i think we've discussed before that
0: i'm just not sorry about that no sorry not sorry Sorry, not sorry about um,
1: what I said. So let me give you a little description of our wine. It says, the labels are colorful, the names are quirky, and the wines are delicious. Purple Paradise from Chronic Cellars is a red blend that is named for the color of the juice, followed by the way that you feel when drinking it. Purple and Paradise. Lainey is so talkative yeah, right I don't now. Know it's why so cute. She's acting like this. Hello, little baby. So it then says, combining Zinfandel, Petite Syrah, Grenache, and Syrah, the wine has a juicy berry core joined by strawberries, chocolate, and leather. Leather <laughs> Barrel aging imparts gentle notes of vanilla and brown spices. What are brown spices? Like cloves and stuff? Pumpkin spice. Brown sugar? I have no <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs> Pumpkin spice! <laughs>
1: I'm just a little concerned that I'm drinking leather. (laughs) It's probably
0: just like a smoky? I was gonna say I feel like it's
1: like a smoky.
0: I mean, I know that leather has a distinct smell, but like, how do you how do you put that into a bottle? I was gonna say last time I checked, you can't like. Be like, I'm
1: gonna take this leather smell and shove it into my wine. Don't
0: be like that movie where like he kills people and tries to make perfume out of their skin, guys. Like that's what that's making me think of is scary. Have you never seen that movie? Uh,
1: uh, maybe I don't think so though. Well, it's a what? French movie. Yeah, I probably have not.
0: Um, <laughs> and it's about this guy who like has a heightened sense of smell, and so like women have like a very distinct smell to him, and so what he'll do is he'll like kill them. And take their skin and, like, try to make perfume out of it. And basically what happens at the end is he, like, lets the perfume, like, out of the bottle. And everybody starts having, like, a <laughs> giant orgy in front of him. Because everybody's like, sex. It's very weird. And it happens in, like.
1: I'm going to vomit
0: on you. Like, some weird time. It's not, like, no, Like it's not, like, a. If anybody knows, it's called, like, parfum. Which means. Parfum. Perf- <laughs> which means perfume in uh, English. It does. Well, I mean, you're saying it funny. I'm not People are like, "Why are you saying perfume like that?" Cuz it's not perfume, it's perfum. Okay, anyway. So, um let's try this one. Yeah, mouthfeels. Mouthfeel time. Let's try it. I like that. Ooh. I like that a lot.
1: Okay, after last week. Oh, guys. Guys, we got We did
0: con- not I you yeah know. we
1: have a confession we didn't finish last week's bottle
0: I think everyone can tell probably because we have a friend <laughs> that said that he listens quite often and that the best episodes are when you can tell we get drunk by the end <laughs> last week I don't think
1: either one of us finished our first glass oh god it ended up being one I'm of those I'm not trying
0: to say that they're about wine company because we liked their we liked their pinot gris was it pinot grigio no, it's ca- uh, 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 uh Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. We liked their Sauvignon Blanc. It was really great.
1: We are just not big red drinkers when it comes to wine. And for us, that was just one of those ones that did not hit our palates the right way. I just couldn't and do to, it. I mean, to some people, it might be really good. But to
0: us, we were like, oh, God. Uh. The fact that I like Cabernet Sauvignon right, and at all anymore is, or at anymore, at all, yeah, is like a miracle the to The fact me. that I enjoy this red blend we're drinking is a miracle. It's so good. I'm going to give it. What do you want? What do you want to give it? Mouthfeels. Go. I'm going to give it a four. You're going to give it a four? It a solid four. Yeah. I think I'll give it a five. Yeah? So nine out of nine. ten. Nine out of ten. I really like it. I was going to say
1: it hits my palate the right way. It's sour at first. But like. But the. The like aftertaste is really nice. It's, like, soothing almost. It doesn't burn your throat. Yeah. Like, last week, remember, I kept talking about how it is hitting, like, the back of my taste buds. The aftertaste Hick, was, like, oh, yeah, hit,
0: hit, hit,
1: But this is, like, it's... You get all of the flavor right up front, and then it's, like, soothing as you swallow.
0: You get, like, the vanilla-y... Yeah! ...clove thing. You get the berries up front, and then the cloves and the vanilla at the end. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I don't taste leather. I do not <laughs> taste leather. Who said that? Who are you? I really, like... I
1: tried so hard. And guys, just so you know, that description did not come from their website. I went on yeah, their website. Yeah, we were w- trying to find it. I like went on their website and could not find, like, you can see the picture of the bottle. They use it as one of their background images, but I could not find it in their list of wine to try and get their description. And there's no description on the bottle besides the percentage breakdown. So uh. I was like, okay. And I, I, like, tried one website, and it was a really terrible description. I went to another one, and I was like, this sounds relatively good. I should have read all the way through it. It told me I was going to drink leather.
0: Leather. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, that's like when we went to we were so excited to go to um the Bellhurst. castle Bellhurst to get more carry. I know. And there wasn't any carry. I <sighs> mean the really other cool. ones that they had were still good. I was gonna say I wonder if it's like a seasonal. Hmm. I don't know. Because
1: that was the that was the bottle that Mike and Lacey got us. Yeah. And Hi, Mike and Lacey. Hello guys. Um <laughs> And we absolutely loved it. And they said it's their favorite. So I think it's, I don't think it was like a limited edition. I want to say it was like, maybe it's like a seasonal
0: and they just didn't have it when we went. When did they get it for us last year? I Was it in the fall? Girl,
1: I could not tell you that.
0: (laughs) Mike and Lacey, do you remember? (laughs) I could look up, wait. Our post!
1: I posted it. We're so <laughs>
0: smart. <laughs> this is why we document everything.
1: <laughs> We're detectives. <laughs> <laughs> On the case of when we posted our own freaking wine bottles. Oh, my Ooh, God. Wait, wait, wait. There it is. Oh, yeah. I forgot I posted it with Binksy in the picture.
0: <gasps> <laughs> oh, Binx. That was back in March. Okay, so definitely could be seasonal. It could so be a spring wine. i say so maybe they only
1: release it at certain times of the year. I... Yeah, it definitely wasn't there when we had but it. It was sad. But yeah, no, we were really sad. We were gonna. I wanted to buy at least a bottle of it. And yeah. they had none. And I was
0: like, whoa. Ah. But guys, guess what I found in the liquor store the other day? Werewolf. <laughs> yes. I took a picture. And they had like two other ones. They had the Pinot Noir. And the Cabernet Sauvignon right? The Cabernet Sauvignon. Like two red ones. (laughs) For
1: those who do not remember, that was one of the wines that we got all the way out in Albany, which is like a solid two hours from us. We've literally been looking at how to (laughs) buy a
0: box of this shit.
1: We yeah, we were planning to have Mama V like buy us a box of wine (laughs) and freaking ship it to us because Or like
0: me just go pick it up. That that too.
1: (laughs) 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 Like that's how desperate we were to get this wine. That is how much we liked Werewolf. All right. I'm down.
0: So Macy. Now that we've already talked about what we're
1: talking about, I was going to say we already talked about what we're talking about, so I can't say, Macy, what are we talking about?
0: (laughs) We're talking about the (laughs) sordid history of the Cecil (laughs) Hotel, damn it. That's what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, it's going to be ghosties and murder and just be prepared. It's going to be like all of the
1: stories that aren't big enough to be their own episode. Yeah, yeah, basically. History intertwined.
0: Yeah, it's like spooky history. I like like it. I like Um, it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. It's been it's been a week. So I was gonna say I've heard some of it, but I've never deep dived into it. Oh, I deep dived. I was gonna say my brain hurts. (laughs) Deep dived in this shit. (laughs) You were telling me about it. It's so uh, (laughs) guys, it was very I'm gonna just tell you right off the bat. There's not a lot about the ghosties everybody's like oh this is one of the most like haunted hotels in all of america but i can't find any first-hand stories like anywhere
1: it's like here's ghost adventures and everybody else is like yes it's haunted but nobody has a story i
0: thought like even maybe reddit would have stuff but they didn't really yeah that's a bummer yeah so just be and just guys just be ready this is episode's kind of going to be a major bummer Oh, Major <laughs> Bummer's n- back. Major Bummer's back because uh, there's a lot of people. T- sol- a lot of people met an untimely and unhappy end at uh, the Cecil. Everybody give a nice salute to Major Bummer. He's in the building. He's here. He's here. <laughs> oh, my God. It could be like that skeleton with like the beard that we saw on that on that wine bottle, but it could oh be like God. a mustache. I You'd have a twisty mustache. want to
1: find the person that designs their labels
0: <gasps> and be like,
1: Will you you make make us us a
0: skeleton? Will you make (laughs) us major bummer? bummer. (laughs) He has to be wearing tattered military clothes. Yes. (laughs) And he has to
1: have a mustache and aviators. And his little name tag needs to say bummer. (laughs) Major Major bummer.
0: bummer. (laughs) Okay, so the CISO Hotel. Bring it on. The CISO Hotel is located in Los Angeles, California, as most of you know. And it has, it it uh, I can't say <laughs> words. And it is at 640 South Main Street. Um, the original property was a home that was eventually turned into like a chicken farm slash feed store. Um, and it was called Fancier's Exchange. Holy crap. Um <laughs> You
1: really went into the history. <laughs> yes,
0: I did. <laughs> um The property was sold. Um I don't know the year, guys, so I'm sorry. Um, to WW Padden and Associates at some point, <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Um, <laughs> in the 20s. And um, William Banks Hanner, who was the president of this company, Charles L. Dix, who was the vice president, and Robert H. Shops, who was the secretary and treasurer of this company. WW Padden and Associates are the men that. Uh, built the Cecil Um, Mm -hmm. they wanted the hotel to be a destination for business travelers and tourists Um, there was there's like a at the time there was a railway station not very far um, and a hundred thousand people were coming in and out of that rail station every day
2: because crap
0: because (laughs) in 1919 like when uh, the downtown area in Los Angeles was like up and coming it became like a boom town everyone wanted to be in Los Angeles it was a nice area at the time um it's crazy so they they were like perfect we'll buy our buy this property and mm-hmm. make a fancy hotel it was mostly supposed to be like it's not like a boutique hotel though it wasn't meant to be that it was yeah. meant to be a travelers hotel like people who wanted clean a clean place to stay for pretty cheap Okay. Um, The architect was L.L. L. Smith, and the building was constructed by Weymouth Crowell Company. It took a, uh, it took $1.5 million to build, which...
1: Back then is a lot of fucking money. Back then
0: is a lot of money, if you do the math. Um, <laughs> and t- now it's... I didn't do that math, but it's a lot. And it took three years to build. Um, and it finally opened... On December 20th of 1924. Anybody who says it was 1927
1: is a liar. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) The hotel, um, I couldn't figure out, do you know Mm -hmm. if stories and, like, floors are different? No. No. Okay. Um, So, it included 700 rooms.
1: Well, I mean, I think the only difference is going to be if they choose to skip a number. So, like... I know most, most hotels skip, like, the 13th floor. Yeah,
0: well, because some places so said it, it was 19 story stories, and some places said that it was 15. It's 15. That's what I thought, too. Because well, that doesn't count the basement. There is a basement, so it would be 16 if you count the basement. Well, actually,
1: no 14 would be right, because it, they say that the 14th was the top floor, but there, again, there's no 13th floor. It goes 12 to 14. So you skipped a number. So you're already at 13. And with the basement, that's 14. Does that make sense?
0: It would be 14 because it's missing the 13th floor. Right? Technically, it's 15 floors. No, no, no. The fourteen, the top floor,
1: sorry. Okay. <laughs> the top floor is called the 14th floor. Even though it the, skips 13. But they skipped 13. So technically, the top floor is actually the 13th floor. Okay. So 14 stories. It's 14 stories.
0: Um. Okay. And so it, it has. Sorry it, for the confusion. <laughs> it, I, yeah. I was like, I can't figure out if stories are different because some people said 19 stories and some people said 15. I was so confused. Yeah. Um, and I did not have time to look that up, guys. I'm sorry. Um. So like I said, it included 700 rooms with 50% baths. Um, the design included an elaborate lobby with a mezzanine and a basement. If you see that lobby, it's incredible. It is. You walk in there. It's amazing probably doesn't Um, look like that anymore Mm -hmm. well they're doing construction in there now so who knows um there was a there's a large terracotta archway and terracotta i tried to look it up it's like a certain type of design Mm -hmm. um for the archway that is in the lobby and this is how much rooms cost a night when it opened just so you know okay rooms with access to the shared bathroom on the floor were a dollar fifty a night a dollar fucking fifty Rooms with access to a private toilet were $2 a night, and rooms with a completely private bathroom were $2.50.
1: Yo, I can't even get, like, a fucking soda out of a vending machine for (laughs) $2.50. I'm (laughs) upset by this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know that that is how things were, but this still upsets me.
0: Exactly. Um... So there are two names that this hotel goes by, by people that know it well. Uh, One is called Hotel Death. Oh. And the other is called The Suicide, which was a nickname that got created in the 60s.
1: Jeez. this Um, really is the
0: 60s? Yeah. Christmas. I'm telling you, for the first, like, 10 years, there's almost a murder or a death or a suicide a year. Yeah, I fully believe that. It's kind of crazy. Um, So the first recorded death at the Cecil um, was Percy Ormond Cook. He was 52 years old. Um, His body was found on January 22nd of 1927. So three years after 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 it's opened. um, Cook committed suicide by shooting himself in the head inside his hotel room. Um, He did this after he like tried to reconcile with his wife and see his daughter for like
1: Aww. the multiple
0: times he and it just didn't happen um the l a Times reported um that Cook was rushed to the receiving hospital, which is now closed um but he died the same evening.
1: Wait, he survived the initial
0: gunshot like and not, was rushed to the hospital, yeah, not by much, oh boy, he literally pretty much died um, oh, it seems like he died on the way there. that's awful, um. If you guys don't know this, and if you haven't seen that documentary that Nicole and I have talked about a lot during this whole <laughs> month, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Cecil is on the edge of what is now known today as Skid Row. Skid Row. And I'm going to probably sing, down on Skid Row, like a million times. And if you don't know what that musical is, I'm so sad for you. Uh, Yeah. I'm so sad for you. Yep. It's Little Shop of Horrors. Go look it up. Go. Oh, please watch it. Don't <laughs> just look it up. Watch it. <laughs> it's so great. Immerse yourself. And when I was little, I didn't know anything about this. So now I'm like, I get the context now. <laughs> um, I mean, they try to make it seem a little bit more like New York. Yeah. In the they they kind of do. But Skid Row is in um, California. Uh, and Skid Row developed during the Great Depression, which was five years after the initial opening of the hotel. Um okay, and we're going to talk about this on my notes. I have a bunch of handwritten hand r- notes crinkling. again. Uh <laughs> Skid Row is a 56 block area in wow. downtown LA. Um it's very a very dangerous place. Um and was for a long and still I think is. It ha- was for a long time. Um the, there's a very large homeless population and all of the homeless services for like la county are in that area Mm -hmm. all of them um and a lot of visitors we'll talk about this kind of later on too um that stay at the cecil or were staying at it during stay on maiden time and like you know in the 90s and stuff Mm -hmm. didn't even realize where they were staying they like were like oh cool a cheap rate in downtown What an amazing deal.
1: Yeah. That's not what it is. It's not like Um, they they post giant signs like welcome to
0: Skid Row. Yeah. Uh, Skid Row is one of the most dangerous places in the United States and one of the poorest areas in the world. Are you serious? Uh huh. How is Um, that possible? Yeah. It's crazy. One to ten thousand homeless people live in Skid Row. What am I talking? Eight to ten thousand people live in Skid Row. Um. And if you have been to prison or have been to jail or have been in a mental facility, chances are when you get out, you will be dropped off at Skid Row. That's awful. Yeah. Um, so during the De- Great Depression, mm-hmm. the Cecil became a place that was used to house the homeless um, and was often frequented by sex workers and addicts and just generally became kind of downtrodden as the country was in this economic decline Mm -hmm. um and as this goes on stuff at the cecil just gets worse and worse uh the second recorded death at the cecil was a man named w.k. norton he was 46 he committed suicide um at the hotel on november 19th of 1931 He checked into the Cecil under the name James Willies, um, and he said he was from Chicago, and he had checked in a week prior to his death. Mm -hmm. He was originally from Manhattan Beach, which is also in California. Um, He ingested a bunch of poison capsules, and that's how he died. Oh.
1: Oh, oh. It's not great. Oh, ow.
0: Um, The third recorded death, so the first one was in 1927, second in 1931 third is in September of nineteen thirty two. Oh boy. Uh Benjamin Dodlick oh Doddick, sorry, there's no L was um found dead in his room by a hotel maid. Um he had a self inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Um and there was no suicide note left by Dodlick. They just he's just dead. Oh they gosh. didn't know why. Um the next one is in July of nineteen thirty four. Uh, Sergeant Lewis D. Borden, who was 53, was found dead um, in his hotel room. Borden had slit his throat, his own throat, (gasps) with a razor. And he had left several suicide notes. And one stated that he had begun to have health issues, like really bad uh, health issues that had put him, like, in a bad spot financially. And that's why he wanted to die. That's Um, really sad. The next death that is recorded um, is in March of 1937, uh, and guys, a lot of these are just so sad. Uh, Grace E. Margot plummeted from a window on the ninth floor of the Cecil, um, and it is unclear whether she committed suicide or was pushed or fell or what. Mm-hmm. Um, her, this is so sad. Her body was caught. By telephone wires, and was entangled in them. Oh um, no 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 no! She was also brought to receiving hospital, um, and died at the hospital of her injuries. Oh my god! Um, January nineteen thirty eight. Guys, I'm sorry. I it's really like dead dead, dead 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 dead. Like it just there was no other way to go go about <laughs> this other than to just tell you about she what like, happened. Uh, yeah. Um. So in January of 1938, 35-year-old Roy Thompson was found dead on the roof of, an, of a building adjacent to the Cecil. He had flung himself from the top floor, so the 14th floor, um, and he'd been staying there for several weeks. Um, and he'd actually been working for the United States Marine Corps as a fireman when oh. he died. Um, and I do have additional notes about him somewhere. <laughs> Let me see. I know I have them. Um, shuffling paper, shuffling yeah, paper. Papers. Um, he actually st- he did stay on the 14th floor as well. His room was on the 14th floor. Oh, wow. And when we get to the ghosty stuff um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, His room aha I see I found it was 1431. Oh gosh. The next death is in May of 1939. Do you guys see how it's like every year, every two years? It's kind of nuts. I was going to say it's like picking up. Mm-hmm. The next de- death, like I said, May 1939 was Erwin C. Neblet. He was 39 years old. Um, he was a naval officer. And he was found dead in his room at the Cecil after ingesting poison. Um, the next death, January of 1940. Was 45 year old school teacher Dorothy Seeger, and she mm. was found in her room at the Cecil Dead. She had ing- ingested um, poison and appeared to be, I guess, near death. She wasn't completely dead, I guess. Mm. Um, and that was a report from the LA Times. Ugh. Her official date on like her birth- on her death certificate is uh, January 12th of 1940. Um, but no other reports were made. Wait about her condition. What did I say? I thought you said May. May was Irwin C. Neblett. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, that was May of 1939. Okay, I was like, this what? was January of 1940. I was like, wait a second. What? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got sorry. You. I'm sorry if I did no, say that. No,
1: no, no. It's okay. I just, I, there's, it's kind of like, it just it's all black. You're like, what? And so I, I like heard May and then I just, like, kind of carried it over and was like, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it was January, I swear. <laughs>
0: okay. So this one, guys, is really really sad okay uh the next recorded death at the cecil is in september of 1990 1990 macy reed <laughs> um and this is when 19 year old dorothy jean Purcell threw her newborn baby out of the window of, a, of the cecil Purcell was staying at the cecil with her boyfriend uh 39 year old ben levine and everybody likes to talk about how he was a shoe salesman so he was a shoe salesman. <laughs> In case you
1: guys were wondering.
0: In case you were wondering. He was a shoe salesman. According <laughs> to sources, Levine and Purcell did not know she was pregnant. Neither of them knew. Um you guys, I don't understand that. I mean, I guess it happens. I don't know. I just like. I don't know how, but it does. Like, how
1: do you get through the morning sickness and. Nope, like I'm just, you know, not feeling good today. The, when when it kicks and like, I ju- and like the fact that you haven't had your period, I don't. I I'm okay. <laughs> I, I don't get it either. I, I digress. Either. <laughs> Please continue.
0: Um, <laughs> she went into labor while Levine was taking a nap, and went to the communal bathroom on her floor and gave birth to their son on the floor. Ah! Um, so as to not wake Levine from his nap, um, and both of them later testified to this in court, uh, she thought that the baby was stillborn, so she tossed him out of the window. Okay. I,
1: even if the baby is stillborn, why is that
0: your response? I have no clue.
1: What did you think? Did you think it was going to get sucked into a black hole and disappear? It's no. going to land on the street
0: below you, freaking nutballs! What? Yeah, Levine, uh, Le- or Levine, whatever. He's sleeping. He doesn't even know this is happening. That poor man. Um. He's so so the baby boy's body was found on the on the roof of an adjacent building, and Purcell was arrested and charged with murder, but was found. Not guilty by reason of insanity. In January of 1945, she was evaluated by three different psychiatrists who testified that she was mentally confused at the time that she murdered her child. So, there's that. I'm sad and guys. Part of disturbed. this, part of what is like the spook spook of Cecil, is a lot of people say. That there's just, like, this negative energy that, like, drives you to kind of become insane and be con- becoming mm-hmm. confused. And so that's what a lot of people are like, oh, did she just become confused because of the evil forces in the hotel? Yeah. Like, so was
1: it the hotel itself that basically drove, drove her, her insane
0: or drove her to do something crazy? Sad. Um, the next recorded death is in November of 1947. Thirty-five-year-old Robert Smith was found dead after having jumped from the seventh, from a seventh-story window at the hotel. Oh, um, the next death, just keep going and going, um, was in October. Was in October of nineteen fifty-four, October twenty-second, to be exact. Um, the body of fifty-five-year-old Helen Gurney was found on the top of the Cecil's Marquee. Oof. She had jumped from the window of her 7th floor room. That happens a lot. The 7th floor? The 7th floor. Remind me to never go there. 7th floor, 14th floor, ninth floor. A lot of those floors.
1: Lisa Lamb stayed on the 5th floor. Yeah, still creepy. Still creepy. Well, (laughs) she was on
0: the... Yeah, she was on the 5th floor.
1: The Um, the elevator footage of her is on the on the the 14th floor
0: um she had helen had checked into the hotel a week prior under the name margaret brown so she, a lot of people are like checking in not as themselves and she stayed in room 704 <sighs> thank you ghost adventures for giving me exact room numbers. <laughs> i appreciate you um oh, I thanks go to- bilbo yeah, thanks bilbo um no we're not there yet okay Uh, The next recorded death is uh, on February 11th of 1962. The body of Julia Francis Moore, who was 50 years old, was found in a second story interior light well at the Cecil. Huh? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, She had jumped from the window of her room on the eighth floor and she did not leave a suicide note. The th- what was found in her room was a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents in change, and an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800. That was all that was like in her room, of, like other than her clothes and some of her toiletries. This next one, guys, is so sad. The next two, actually. Okay.
1: What's a light? What's a light? This is what comes up when I searched what is a light well on Google. An open area or vertical shaft in the center of a building, typically roofed with glass, bringing natural light to the lower floors or basement. So I don't know if, for those who do not know, the Cecil Hotel is almost shaped like an E.
0: Yeah, that is. Like,
1: basically, it literally shaped like an E. (laughs) It's that's the only way to really describe it. And there are in-betweens on two, like, of some of the floors mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. they like on the lower floors yeah yeah so
0: it she fell through one of those scary Oof. uh the next recorded death is on October 12th of 1962 so that same year gosh um Pauline Otten who was 27 and George Giannini who is 65 were both found dead on the pavement outside the Cecil Um, originally investigators believed that Otten and Janini had committed suicide together, but after further investigation discovered that was not the case, Otten had thrown herself out of the window of her ninth floor room after a fight with her estranged husband, Dewey. And, um, he had previously left the room. He was not there when this occurred. And she wanted to quote, teach him a lesson. Uh, so when she jumped, she just jumped and fell. And it turned out that George Giannini was an innocent pedestrian walking down the sidewalk in front of the Cecil. And Autumn fell on top of him, killing him instantly. Both of them instantly. Talk about like. Just wrong fucking,
1: luck. fucking place, bad luck, like. Holy crap. Also, can we please talk about the fact that that teaching somebody a lesson should not involve you committing suicide? Exactly. That is not the correct answer. Nope. Please, if you feel this way, do not do this. Please Please. reach out to somebody or talk about please talk to someone. Please yep.
0: The evidence that helped to prove that Giannini was an innocent pedestrian and was not involved in, in this suicide at all. Was that his hands were still in his pockets when they found him. Which meant his hands were still in his pockets at the time of impact. If he had been falling, his hands would not have been in his pockets. N- yeah. Um, and he was also still wearing his shoes. Which would have either, he either not, would have not jumped with or would have f- flown off. Or flown off while he was falling and or flown off when he hit the pavement. So he was still wearing his shoes and still had his hands. That's in his pockets. so sad. Um, that poor person. I know it's so sad. All of these are just so sad. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it was like major bummer. It's just <laughs> like dead, 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 dead. I was like, ah, <sighs> major Bummer's
1: laughing in the corner right now.
0: <laughs> He's, like, <laughs> He's like, I, I told am you. Here, bitches. I told you. Um, the next murder is actually one that's pretty well known. If you watch, um, the, Documentary on Netflix, and if you watch the uh, Ghost Hunter or Ghost Adventures, sorry, special, uh, they both mention this this murder Mm -hmm. Uh, on June fourth of nineteen sixty four. The body of sixty five year old Pigeon Goldie Osgood was found in her room at the Cecil, um, and I know her room number. Pigeon
1: p- wasn't 1016 p- pigeon was a nickname too right because yeah, she, she was liked to
0: feed the pigeons yeah. I was going to talk about that she liked sorry to no, no no you're fine <laughs> she liked to feed the pigeons and the birds at Pershing Square which is very close okay to the Cecil um I found different accounts of um how she was found a lot of people said that she was found by uh, like a, a hotel personnel a maid or something like that um, but then there was another source that said that she was found uh, um, by a man selling phone books in, in the uh, in the Cecil. I don't know which of those is true, but either way, she was found by it's some sort of employee. It's maybe a of weird, a interesting fact. Yeah, I just was like, hmm. um, <laughs> I don't think I'd know what to
1: do if somebody knocked on my door in a hotel and was like, well, "Do you want to buy a phone book?" I'd be like, um, "This is a hotel. Please leave me alone."
0: What, well okay so I mean, Nowadays Goldie, there'd be a lot of
1: people that would be like What the fuck's a phone book but you know
0: <laughs> Because of the Cecil's like Really low rate and stuff like that A lot yes. of people would come and stay For a long time Whether yeah. it be months or years Goldie they- had actually been there for five years Wow She was a retired um, like phone line operator Or something and she'd been living there for five years um, When she was found uh, Goldie had been raped stabbed Aww. and beaten and there were also signs Ugh. of strangulation
1: um Aww. she
0: had been left on her bed like this to be found um the lo- she often wore this los angeles dodgers cap it's like a baseball team if you don't know um and that was found near her body and so was a sack full of bird seed that she was using to feed the birds um how old was she she was 65 Makes me sad. I know she was really well known in the area. Like I said, she'd been living there for five years. People knew who she was. She had a lot of friends, and friends had actually just seen Goldie like minutes prior to this happening. Like, had seen her, waved, been like, Hey, how are you? She went up to her room. All of a sudden, she's dead. Oh my god. Um, A 29 year old man named Jacques B. Ellinger was actually picked up and charged with her murder. He was seen walking through Pershing Square with blood-stained clothes. Ooh. But he was cleared later on, um, and Goldie's murder remains unsolved to this day. How was he cleared? Do we know? No. That's I couldn't find that. I could not find that anywhere. Um, if you guys know, tell me. I mean, like,
1: did he know her? Mm-hmm.
0: They just they saw They just, like, somebody
1: was like, I saw him with blood-stained clothes. Walking they...
0: through Pershing Square, which is where she would feed the birds. And they just assumed it was
1: him i mean that's definitely not enough evidence
0: exactly um so guys i want (laughs) to talk really quickly about um this policy that kind of came into effect in the 1970s because we're kind of getting into that time period now okay um there during the 1970s there was a policy of containment for skid row um, and the policy that oh. the government tried to enact was that they would keep all of the bad things within this 56 block area. Um, and police actually had a barrier up around the area to keep the homeless in. They would not let them out.
1: Um, they're not prisoners. Where do we live? The United States of what? America? Freedom? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, no, that's not free,
0: you pieces of shit. So basically, beyond that barrier was, like, all the good things. And then inside that barrier was a fucking free-for-all.
1: That's terrifying. Scary. Did they, like, did they just, like, not police it? They just, like, held everybody there? Mm-hmm.
0: I think, like, if somebody called 911, they would come in. But, like, if a homeless person tried to get beyond that barrier, they'd be like, no, dude, you can't go out here what the fuck yeah seriously WTF um and so like drug issues are starting down there mental illness issues lots of crime and violence just awful it's awful that's sad okay so the next death at the Cecil sorry you've got a very short (coughs) reprieve (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's
1: no such thing as a reprieve from death here
0: (laughs) and this is actually kind of crazy this happens on December 20th of 1975 what day did the Cecil open December twentieth of nineteen twenty four. Um, the body of a woman was discovered on the second floor roof of the Cecil. Um, I'm sorry if you just heard me burp slightly <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> I did not mean that. <laughs> Um, she had checked into the Cecil on December sixteenth as Allison Lowell. Uh, she was approximately twenty three years old. Uh, five feet tall four inches 118 pounds had brown hair brown hazel eyes and had scars on both of her wrists um, she was staying in room 327 and had gone up to the 12th floor and had jumped from a window on the 12th floor and till this day she remains unidentified are you serious mm-hmm. they don't know who she was that and this actually heart. from here on a bunch of the people that died at the Cecil are unidentified. That really breaks my heart. It's really sad. Um, so I just want to talk about this uh, briefly. Burn um, it all. Like we said, there are some very serious serial killers that stay at the Cecil during its history. Mm-hmm. The first is Richard Ramirez, aka the Night Stalker. He stayed at the Cecil in 1985 at the height of his murder spree. The height of it. Oof. Um and he stayed in room 1414, I'm pretty sure. Um I say I think they mentioned that in Ghost Adventures, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are actually reports of him doing uh satanic rituals at the hotel. Uh, Um, There are also reports that he would throw his bloody clothes into the hotel's dumpster and walk buck ass naked covered in blood through the lobby and nobody thought anything of this. Some reports reports said it was his underwear, that he was walking in his bloody underwear, but other reports said that he was completely buck-ass naked.
1: Okay, either way, the man is still covered in blood, and why are the cops not being called?
0: Because in the documentary, interestingly enough, they talked to a man named Kenneth something. Let me go back down. I can't remember his name. I'll come to it in a minute, but his first name is Kenneth. I remember that. And he said in the 1980s, the Cecil was like lawless. It was a free for all in there and nobody gave a shit. And because nobody gave a shit, like they could just do whatever they wanted. Drugs, alcohol, prostitutes. Was he interviewed? Kenneth, yeah. In
1: the the documentary. He he was the African-American man. Yep. Yes, I remember. Okay.
0: He stayed there in the 80s and 90s.
1: I can picture him in my head right now. Um, because I remember listening to him talk. He talked a lot about the history.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember him. And um, just for reference, the hotel was fourteen dollars a night at that time. You could stay at the Cecil for fourteen dollars a night, and that's when Richard Ramirez. Moved. I and I want to find <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next guy that stayed there that you guys might know a little bit about that I talked about just, just a little was Jack Unterberger. Woo. He stayed there in 1991. He stayed in room 712. Lots of 7th floor, 14th floor, like nope. I said. Um, if you guys want to know more details, please just go listen to episode 48. I'm not going to talk about him a lot. Um, but during his five-week stay at the hotel, he killed three American prostitutes. Uh, Jack Uterbeger was Aus- Austrian and ended up taking the uh, authorities on a uh, worldwide chase. Literally worldwide. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. No. Um,
1: if you have not listened to episode 48, please go listen to episode 48 about Jack Moondvaker. <laughs> and if you guys
0: don't you know, know, I didn't really mention this because it's just like, a the- like they think. But the Black Dahlia was reportedly seen in the hotel bar prior to her death. But that report has never been substantiated. So I didn't really mention it. Yeah. But you'll find that a lot when you look up the Cecil.
1: It is one of the many reported sightings of her before she passes. Was uh, found dead.
0: And if you want to hear more about that case, you can go listen to episode 47. Yes. Nicole talks about that case. Um, So the next uh, discovery of a body Mm -hmm. is on September 1st of 1992. The body of a 20 to 30-year-old African-American man was found in an alley behind the Cecil. Um, He remains unidentified. Um, And investigators had two theories about his death. Um, He either jumped or fell from the 14th floor. Oh. And like I said, there was like a lot of debauchery going on at this time. So it's possible he could have gotten intoxicated or high and just fallen out of the out of, but he wasn't, a, as far as I could tell, he was not staying at the hotel. So he could
1: have been visiting a friend. They could have been. Uh, yeah, he could have just gone up there. You see, they could have been standing on the freaking fire escape, and they could have been, you know, intoxicated or high, and you know, one of them could have actually accidentally pushed him, or he could have just fallen, or you never right. know. Right. That's exactly. Really sad.
0: Um, th- I only found this in one source, so don't quote me on it. According to the L.A. Times. Um, the body of an unidentified man was also found on July eighth of two thousand and three. And the cause of death was actually determined to be strangulation. Oh. Uh, he was found at the Cecil. In two thousand and three? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and then I'm gonna go back over. It makes to my me sad house. that even to this day
1: there are still people and bodies that can be found that will go unidentified. With all of the technology that we have in this right. world. It's it, kind of crazy. I always had. I, I think I, I don't know if I talked to you about it once. Or if I talked to Ryan about it. Sometimes I don't remember. But, um, <laughs> I always said there there should be a thing. That either when you get your driver's license. And I'm talking America here guys. Like because we have some overseas listeners. But <laughs> like when it's at a certain age. You should be fingerprinted. And your DNA should be taken. And it should just be logged for things like this, where if your body turns up and they cannot identify you, say, you know, you've decomposed. Or maybe they get,
0: like, one fingerprint so that everybody's thumb... Yeah. Is, like the, is like the finger, so that they don't have, like, your full set of fingerprints or something. Like, because, you know, people might be like, that's an invasion of yeah. my
1: rights. But, like, uh, it's something that if something were to ever happen to you, there is something that they can automatically go, well, did you check the thumbprint? To, exactly. To see if you can be identified. Because there's just too many cases like this. Crazy. Where people turn up dead and they have no idea who this is and people don't come mm-hmm, forward. Mm-hmm, and it's... Mm-hmm really sad that there are that many unmarked graves out there there are that many jane and john does it's sad it should not happen right
0: um i'm gonna talk about this well i might just wait i kind <laughs> of like put this in the wrong place because i'm gonna talk about like the last two recorded deaths that i'll just do that i'm gonna talk about the last two recorded deaths and then i'm gonna kind of jump back okay um so if you guys have listened to episode 49, the next person to die after this unidentified man is Elisa Lamb at the Cecil. So it's 10 years. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, in, fe- um, in February of 2013, February 19th, Elisa's body is found in the water tank on the roof of the Cecil. And she was actually staying in room 412. Because she was staying on the fifth floor with all those girls. But then she was moved to the fourth floor. They said they were, that she was on the same floor when she was moved. Talk to Ghost Adventures. <laughs> I don't know. Talk to Ghost Adventures. That's what they say. Interesting. So, I thought she
1: was in room 506. Maybe that was before she was moved. But I.
0: Because they go to her room on the f- um on the fourth floor a bunch of times. Interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure. Guys, don't quote me on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Bilbo Baggins is wrong. wrong. Maybe maybe Bilbo uh, Baggins is wrong. Um, screams forever. I'm going to Google this while you talk. Like I said, listen to episode 49 if you want further details on her mysterious death. Um, and the last recorded death at the Cecil is on June 13th of 2015. The body of an unidentified male, approximately 28 years old, was found outside of the hotel. Um, his cause of death was never determined. He was not a guest of the hotel. Uh, could possibly have been some sort of intruder or vagrant or just walking through. Mm-hmm. Um, some investigators theorized that he jumped. But like I said, cause of death was never determined. Aww. Um. So if you guys. Sorry, low flying airplane. Oh, OK. So <laughs> um, <laughs> We're
1: near an airport, guys. I I didn't think we were that near the airport over here. We're like not, but we're near enough that when planes Uh, come in from landing from almost any direct, like there was one, like even when we left work, like all the way over there, like away from where we are now. Because I'm Um, trying not to send to locate (laughs) locate us, but um, there was like a low flying plane overhead and. I'm like, wow, the airport is not near here, but it's just enough that when people come in for a landing, it looks low, but they're really not that low. Oh, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> um just so I'm gonna talk a little bit about um what's going on with the Cecil Hotel now. If you've watched that documentary um on Netflix, Love Yourself the Way that Amy Price Loves the Cecil Hotel. Yes. <laughs> uh, Amy, Pre- Amy Price uh, was the Cecil Hotel's general manager from 2007 to 2017. She was there for a decade. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Um, Did you find, did you, si- is it 506? So maybe I'm wrong. I keep seeing 506, but I'm
1: trying to see if I can find.
0: I'm probably wrong.
2: Wait, 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 hold on. Because
0: I was like, wait, that's not what Nicole said, so I wrote it down. Oh, okay, here. So, somebody,
1: this is from Reddit. This okay. is under the Ghost Adventures <laughs> subreddit. Um, It said, uh, the, the title says, wrong floor and room number for Cisa Hotel. And then the question says, did they not do proper research on the this case? They think 412 is the room, but Elisa was in 506. See? Somebody responded and said she was initially assigned to share a room on the fifth floor, but the people sharing complained about her erratic behavior, and, two, and after two days, she was moved to her own room, 412. I read that it was on the same floor, so I apologize, guys. I guess I, I had a mistake in my episode that she was moved down a floor.
0: Don't worry about it. I don't it's remember. 412, wh- then.
1: I say I can't remember where I read that either. That means one of my sources has a mistake in it.
0: I found that a lot with this, because like I said, if anybody who tells you that the Cecil Hotel opened in 1927 is a liar, (laughs) Um, (laughs) they're a liar. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Amy Price talks a lot in the documentary, and the documentary is one of my sources. Obviously, I'm not really going into the Elisa Lamb case. Nicole already did that, but I wanted to hear a lot of the history, hear about Skid Row. Skid Row. Okay, sorry. Um, (laughs) Don't apologize. She she said (laughs) in her interview with the doc, um, that they would have one to three nine one call nine one one calls a day, I know. and that there were thousands of calls dur- to two nine one one during the decade that she worked there. Thousands. So, actually, I have a question. You
1: said she was she was two thousand seven to twenty seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. She talked a lot about the fact that there was like, she's. I, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, here. I just listened to this, so but I swear she talked gosh. about the fact that there was a lot of death. But you're telling me the only recorded death during her time was Elisa Lamb, and then the one other
0: unidentified male. No. There were 80 deaths, while she was there, <laughs> but they were not mysterious. Oh, uh, okay. Or odd so we're- or weird. I they were, you. like, lots of overdoses, people stabbing each other. Okay. You know, I that kind of stuff. I had a moment of, like, wait. <laughs> no, so, like, the because only type of, like, suicide type of, like, mysterious, okay. unidentified so, type of
1: murders or
0: deaths. Okay, sorry. so
1: you kind of listed the more, the original recorded deaths up to a point where it, like. There's they, too many to write I down. I was going to say, it, be, it. excuse me, I'm sorry, I keep hiccuping. It comes to a point where they can't, you can't really list every single No, we would be here for hours. They finally have a good system in the, the police force where they're actually recording every single death. Yep, yep. Because there was probably more than that from the time it opened. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure there were. But these I are all of to, the weird ones. I had to think about that. I was like, I swear to God that this is not right. But I remember her saying there was a lot of deaths. She but said We only talked about two things. So. She
0: said in her time there, there were 80 deaths.
1: She was there for 10 and years. And she was there for that 10 is years. That is eight deaths a year.
0: It's that's crazy. like can you
1: imagine that no. that's three quarters
0: of the year yep. you're finding dead bodies dead bodies she said that her first day as manager Oh god. she was given a tour by the maintenance manager and he kept out pointing rooms being like somebody died in there somebody died in there somebody died in here too. Somebody died in there. I'd be
1: like, hey, can you hold on one second? And I'd get in the elevator and walk back out the front door.
0: She had to ask him at some point, is there a room that somebody hasn't died in? And that is a direct quote from the documentary.
1: Okay, see, I fast-forwarded through a lot of the history part of this, so I do not remember this.
0: Yep. She also said that in 2007, when she began to work at the Cecil. Yeah, I haven't finished my first class yet, but... I know, this is all you. Yeah, just (laughs) pour it, whatever. Um... There was a gentrification effort by the city for Skid Row. So they were trying to get younger people living down there. Um, trying to spruce it up. Trying to make it better. Like, this is downtown. Like, it should be great. Like, there should be restaurants and shops and things like that. So they are trying to go through this gentrification e- effort. The Cecil in 2007 is sold for $26 million. Um. And the new owners of the hotel wanted to evict all of the long-time tenants who had been living there. I apologize. What year was this? Two thousand seven. <sighs> wanted to evict them all. Um. And these are people—some people that have been living here for years. Well, I was gonna say they do long-term rentals. That's screwed up. Yeah, it's like two. It's like five hundred dollars a month, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month at this time like you can't just evict them you need to help them like these this is their home the government actually sent the cecil a stop work order because the hotel was considered a residential hotel i remember this and so they could not kick them out and this was a government order. and like this residential hotel was a government order had been a government ordinance that is what the Cecil is designated as. Yeah. is a residential
1: hotel. It's like so it's like certain percentage of it has to be designated rooms mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this.
0: So some rooms um could be for the hotel, but other rooms had to remain monthly rentals for tenants. This is when the hotel gets rebranded as the Stay on Main. And the official rebranding of the hotel, because it takes a few years and money and time and yada yada. Yeah. Happens in 2011. Um, okay. Because they had to, like, because, ba- well, we're going to talk about this. Um, basically, it was two separate hotels in one building. The Cecil Hotel was for its tenants, remained the Cecil Hotel, the name, everything. Also for other travelers who maybe looked up the Cecil on um. Wikipedia or Wikipedia Expedia sorry (laughs) um you know any sort of travel website they looked up the Cecil it was it remained the Cecil the other uh hotel in the building was called the Stay on Main Mm -hmm. and it was a youth hostel uh they both had different lobbies and doors um and the, the Stay on Main they had fresh paint bunk beds new bedding the staff dressed differently um they could charge more they started getting good reviews like literally stay on main was its own separate entity complete that's crazy yes and the only thing that was in common at all between these two places mm-hmm. were the elevators Oh, the only thing about these two places that was the same that makes sense um because i remember them
1: talking about the fact that and this is i'm sorry i'm referencing my episode oh yeah. but they i remember hearing in the uh, in, in the documentary the fact that so like when Elisa was traveling you know she was just looking for a cheap place to stay and probably stumbled across the stay, stay on, on maine, maine because and didn't at even that think point anything of in it in 2013 it was the stay on maine so she probably came across it and was like look at this cool little hip hotel you know, it's cheap. Look at the rooms. Cheap, they're cute. Like, I
0: get to sleep with a roommate. Exactly. I don't have to pay the whole price. I can
1: totally afford this, like, without realizing that it is 100% connected and involved with the Cecil Hotel.
0: Exactly. And, and I mentioned this a little earlier, too. Lots of people. And there's actually a couple. I think they're from um, the UK that's interviewed in the Elise Lam documentary. Yes, I remember that. Um, they said that they had, like, no clue
1: yeah what they, was going on they
0: did a very well that and that's what
1: happens is like today i mean you know like yelp and stuff you google a place and you get up. it just gives you that and if it were not for elisa lamb's death i don't think people would have ever connected stay on main with cecil never i don't think that would have happened and i think and i think that's half of the reason what's going on right now is happening right which i will let you get to i'm not going to ruin that but i will say it like that's my thoughts on it at least right.
0: <laughs> um so the stay on main used the fourth through sixth floors mm-hmm. and like i said they had their own separate entrance and lots of tourists didn't even realize that they were staying at the cecil they thought that they were staying in a completely different place um and elisa lamb was staying there during this rebranding um and then the first two floors were low-income housing mm-hmm. and then the seventh floor and above was for Cecil, longtime residents, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And according to, ha ha, I found his name, Kenneth Graves. There it is. In, <laughs> the, in the documentary. Sorry, I'm bad with names, sir. Uh, the seventh <laughs> floor and above was like dangerous. And he said that that really? was like in the 90s, too. So, like, they continued to keep the seventh floor and above. Like, this kind of dangerous, kind of scary place. And then these three floors were the stay on main, which were the safe place. And then there was the low-income housing on the bottom two floors.
1: I'm very surprised that they chose to split it by floor. I mean, like... How else would they have split it? Well, with the way the building's shaped, right? Uh, So we uh talked about how it looks like an E. Uh You'd think, okay... So they have to make part of it low-income housing. It needs to be monthly rentals. you think that they'd create one one of those towers would be entirely so that they could have an elevator dedicated specifically to low-income housing. So when somebody comes in, there's not just – because, I mean, I think is, there's probably more than one elevator, right? There's two. Yeah, so that they could split it. So this elevator in this part of the building is specifically
0: low-income housing – The other part, it's almost like a line. Like, you cut it, like, right in half. Yeah, but those two elevators, that's the problem, is those two elevators are located in such a weird place that in order to get to where they would need to go if they split it that way, they would have to walk through other areas of the hotel. Ah, so that I did not know. So, like, if you went, say, your room was on, like, the third section of the sixth floor. yeah you'd still maybe have to walk through stay on main slash low-income housing to get to your room.
1: My idea for
0: that... Build another s- fucking elevator, well
1: Well, oh, that can be expensive, but
0: <laughs> you can do...
1: I mean, have you ever been in one of those hotels where you get your key card and when you go into the elevator, before you press a floor, you have to swipe your key card. You can't just, like, hop in an elevator and press whatever floor you want. Mm-hmm. You have to, like swipe your card and be like yes i'm i'm staying here Mm -hmm. to press a floor i don't think they even have key cards well i was gonna say that would be something that that would be a good idea so like okay everybody from stay on main gets a certain key card it accesses these floors if you try and press like floor one and two it won't take you there because you can't you shouldn't be able to get you don't have access because of your key card yeah yeah and granted the elevator might stop there if somebody needs to get on but you being able to choose that floor should not be available
0: yeah yeah I mean
1: I know that's like I'm sorry I that that's like something so off topic but I just like
0: that would probably cost
1: a lot of money probably um <laughs> because there's 700 rooms in this because I gotta say I think the only time I've ever seen something like that I was staying in a really nice hotel in Boston
0: yeah they didn't have the money for that like a really See, nice so hotel like has like almost zero money it was like one of those they hotels said re-branding that rebranding that rebranding and everything and doing the the bunk beds and the and the all of that cost them thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah, I believe it. So, like, any money that they had left, they were just holding on to until they could fix things up more. Yeah. So the things were just open until they could, like, fix it up, fix it up, fix it up. Like, it was literally using that income to continue to fix it up. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, so the LAPD actually stated that in um, 2008, they saw a significant drop in 911 calls from the Cecil. Which is really interesting. Good job, Amy Price.
1: I think I just like stuttered over that. It sounded like a stutter. Amy Price,
0: good job. I girl. was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the hotel was actually purchased by the Simon Baron Development Company, owned by Matthew Baron in feb in February of 2017. Some sources, like they said, 2014, but I think it's 2017 because that's when she left. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, the area it was continuing to go through gentrification.
1: Actually, I'm pretty sure she mentions that in the documentary that it was sold
0: again mm-hmm. in 2017. It's, it's sold right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matthew Barron and uh, the Simon Barron's Development Company have plans to make the property into a boutique hotel. It is completely closed. Oh, yeah. it. Nobody lives there. Nobody. No, it's like shuttered to the public. Completely. It is shut down. Um, they're adding 299 hotel rooms. How? Not, like, adding, like, because remember when we said that, like. Are
1: converting rooms? Okay, okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I was going to say, how the fuck are they, like, cutting rooms in half? Like, no.
0: <laughs> so, it? they're, like, making them bigger and, like, you know, because they're really tiny. So because well, all they have is, like, a bed and a closet so in them, we, some of them. So, there's, n-
1: you're probably about to answer this question. Is there any going to be any more low-income housing there?
0: Uh-huh. They're going to have 264 um, affordable housing units.
1: Okay, but it's that's less than what there was before. Mm-hmm. That's how they're making more hotel rooms. Okay,
0: I mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> and guys, I think this is in really bad taste. They have designs... You told me this. ...for a rooftop pool. Oh, God. If you know anything about the Elise Lamb case, that is in such fucking bad taste. She was found
1: on the roof in a water tank, guys.
0: Like, you would literally be swimming right next to where she died. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Anyway... Um, uh, like I said, it's currently closed for these renovations. Uh, the last time anybody reported when it would be open, it was set to open in late 2021, but it's very possible that COVID has delayed this. Most definitely. Um, (laughs) so that's where the hotel stands at this moment. And that's the creepy, creepy history. And now we're going to talk about some of the pop culture things that have come out of the Cecil, um, and also talk about the ghosties. What's go that? ahead. Sorry. Go okay. ahead. Um, <laughs> so as many of you probably know, a season of American Horror Story, season five to be exact, Hotel, is uh, inspired by the Cecil. The Hotel Cortez, which is the name of the hotel in the show, is, ins- is inspired by the Cecil. They copied the 20s Art Deco style that's in the uh, lobby. Wow. Um, they built a set uh, to look like the Cecil. On really? like a sound stage. Never watched American um, Horror Story. It took seven weeks to complete and had six stories. And they also, throughout the season, um, reference Elisa Lamb's mysterious death multiple times. And they also mention um, Richard Ramirez. He comes back, if you don't know, in the, I think it's 1984. The one that's based on all of the uh, like scary summer campy movies. Yeah. Um, there is also a tour. That will take you past the Cecil. It's called the Hotel Horrors and Main Street Vice Tours. And this is directly from their uh, website. The Hotel Horrors section is a true crime and oddities tour featuring some of the wildest, weirdest, goriest, and most memorable happenings in historic hotels like the St. George, Barclay, and Cecil. Sounds like fun. Join us to see inside some of these legendary locales. I don't think they can go inside anymore bummer and find out where night stalker richard ramirez dumped his blood-soaked clothing fun. and where canadian tourist elisa lamb fell off the map That's see the fun. hotel that saw a visit from the skid row slasher he exists i look him up i looked him up he is a serial killer Ooh, so wait active now no no oh. no he's caught Kay. um <laughs> but i was like who's the skid row slasher and i looked him up and i was we like you oh you haven't said anything about him
1: huh you get to know about him now Blah, blah. I
0: said you haven't said anything about it. I know we're not talking about Skid Row, but no, like it's not Skid Row. I'm putting up, but yeah, uh, there are. Oh, okay. Visit from the Skid Row. Sorry, and the <laughs> one where two traveling chocolate salesmen laughed so hard they fell backwards out a window to their deaths. You'll also. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. About we cannot brush past this one. What the fuck? I don't know anything about that. I, I don't think it was at the Seesaw. I didn't find anything about that. These are things I need to Google. <laughs> I think it was either at the St. George or the Barclay.
1: Um,
0: How? I don't understand. <laughs> you'll also explore the fiery curse that repeatedly leveled one building. Inc- um, included are some lighthearted stories to help the blood and go- gore go down. If you'd uh, like more details on this tour, you can visit uh, www.es.com. E-S-O-T-O-U-R-I-C I-C dot com I, es- I think that's how you say it spell it, com. spell it one more time E-S-O-T-O-U-R-I-C Dot yeah, com S-O-T-O-R-I-C Yeah you're good Um. So now frenzies We're gonna talk about The Ghost Adventures So um, ah. if you haven't seen Their uh hour and a half special On Discovery Plus um, Spoilers ahead Spoilers <laughs> i love them they're so funny i
1: love that show but it sometimes is just like you crazy. Get, you're crazy it's crazy
0: me. <laughs> um so the the ghost adventures team had a full week to investigate the cecil a full week mm-hmm. he says that at the very end of, holy crap of i don't the, remember that of the episode um it's, it's closed now and it's never been no one has ever been allowed to investigate there ever Misadventures is
1: very good at being the first to invest. Well, because places. he said
0: that he literally walked into the lobby and bothered them until they did it. <laughs> That's basically what he says. Um, um, I, I
1: can see this. Yes, <laughs> I can see Bill Bagans being like, "Let me investigate. No, get out. Let me investigate. No, get out. Let me investigate." Oh, fine, shut the fuck up. Just do
0: it. <laughs> well, everything was closed, and COVID had closed everything down, so they probably wanted some fucking money. Mm true because they probably paid them to go inside I say it's probably free advertising yeah exactly um, so they have an interview at some point with a man named Patrick Langdon and he was a crime scene photographer for the LAPD during Elisa's case okay um, and he actually stayed in room 412 Elisa's <gasps> room and he said excuse me that while he was there he felt invisible hands around his neck And he like couldn't move, like, and he like literally gets so upset during his like interview with Zach Bagans that he has to leave. He's like, I'm. He's like, I'm feeling it again. I'm feeling it again. I gotta go.
1: I watched this when it came out, and I do not remember it. Yeah,
0: I was like, wow, I forgot about
1: all of this. I just literally remember the elevator thing. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Sorry. Um, God. <laughs> they, they talk about a lot, you know, Richard Ramirez doing satanic rituals on the roof and possibly in his room and that, th- on the roof, on the roof, on the roof.
1: I'm just saying they were like, nobody can
0: get to the roof. No, they got, he got to the roof.
1: Um, I'm referencing Elisa Lam. Right
0: yeah. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> said that he could have possibly opened the door for a demonic infestation. That, like, literally, the energy was already, like, icky there, was already bad, and then he just opened the door.
1: It's probably pretty easy.
0: Like, literally, they were, like, banging on the door, waiting to get out, and (laughs) he was just, like, Satan. He was, like, oh, cool, unlock, open. Yeah, and they (laughs) all were, like, Yay! And now they run rampant through the Cecil Hotel, according to Zach Bagans. If you believe Zach Bagans.
1: There's a lot of things that Zach Bacon says.
0: I'm going to talk about one specific thing later on that he says. It's just so ridiculous. I, I can't. I just like laughed so hard. Okay. Ready? I love him. So during this investigation, Zach plays the elevator game, which is a theory <sighs> of what Elisa Lamb was doing in the elevator when she was acting very strangely. Um, this elevator game actually is, of, is from Korea. Yes. Um, and it, uh, what what is supposed to do is allow the traveler, or allow the player, sorry, to travel through sp- s- different spiritual realms. Yes. Um, he starts to do this. <laughs> and literally he's like, I'm just reading the directions now. Why
1: didn't I read these before? (laughs) I loved that. I'm sorry. I fucking love that. It was so
0: funny. I was like, what?
1: He, like, gets in the elevator and, like, starts doing things. And then is like, I should have read this. I don't know how to do this. And it's like, dude, what? Very weird. Like, you have had to have these instructions in your pocket for at least, like, a day. You haven't read through them.
0: He says that at one point the elevator just goes to the seventh floor on its own and opens the door and he did like he was like, "What seventh mm-hmm." And he says at this point he feels like a cold spot come onto the elevator with him so that's weird. Um, they also have a, a set a set, a pair. <laughs> set. Of psychic mediums that come with them at this time. The first part of their... A pair. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're married. Oh, like, uh, so yes.
1: I forgot my set of psychic mediums in my pocket.
0: The, the, they're they're married. I forget their names. I didn't write them down. I'm sorry. If you want to watch... feature them
1: frequently throughout Ghost Adventures. And there's Ghost another that they feature Um, well. they They do, actually. They bring them in a lot, and they have from the start... Um, I know you don't. You haven't watched it nearly as much as I have. No. I've seen every single <laughs> episode. But it's of like dead
0: files for me. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen all of them. I've seen it.
1: Um, but it is one of them does. <laughs> oh crap! Drawings. Yes, psychic like drawings. psychic drawings, and the other one kind of predicts, and they like often bring them in and they will not even tell them they'll blindfold them like the whole way there they'll bring them in they'll take everything personal off the walls and they bring them into a place that they have told them nothing about they don't know where they are they've basically landed in a place and driven them blindfolded and been like okay you're gonna walk around I want you to tell me what you feel all the while his wife is drawing Mm -hmm. and Normally it, it honestly it ends up they come together and he's like well I experienced this this and this and she's basically drawn this yeah. like almost to a T and they've told them nothing and it's like it's creepy it's really exact and it's it's really really freaky these people are really really talented and they're a
0: married couple
1: and I cannot remember their names no for I the can't I'm sorry guys God, but if, if you, you know you, Ghost Adventures very well they feature them a lot if
0: you want <laughs> to go and watch this you'll see who they are um they sent one wa- the, the gentleman up to the roof mm-hmm. with with one of the investigators and they brought the wife into room fourteen fourteen. Richard Ramirez's room. And I Ooh. wanna just talk the first part about of this episode, um, or this investigation per se, um, is a lot about Elisa and Richard like really going into like the the fourth floor and uh the the fourteenth floor.
1: Mark Ch- and Debbie.
0: Yes. Sorry, I ju- I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: I just I googled them really quickly because I wanted to give their names. It's Mark. Uh, uh, I Mark, think, Mark, Mark and Mark Debbie, and Debbie per- Constantino.
0: Oh, is it Constantino? Yes. I thought it was Perry.
1: A lot of these articles say Constantino. So okay,
0: there is it. another <laughs> there is another psychic that comes in so later. So maybe yeah, that's they for, maybe do. That's they feature me. quite a few people. Um. So the first part of the of the investigation really focuses on the bizarre death of Elisa Lamb and mm-hmm. Richard Ramirez. Yeah. So uh they take the gentleman up to the roof. He's saying that he's like seeing a pentagram on the back I'm not even joking. On the back water tank in the corner, which is where Elisa's body was I found. I fully believe it. I'm like he's like sensing it. He's like seeing it in his like mind's eye or whatever. And she is in the room just drawing. Unbeknownst to her, she does not know she's in Richard Ramirez's old room, and she does not know that Zach has brought pictures yep. that Richard Ramirez drew in prison yep. and left them in the closet. Like, what the fuck? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> listen,
1: there is no lengths that Bilbo Baggins will not go to.
0: Yes, and the guy keeps saying that he's, like, picking something up in the tank, picking up some, like, sort of, like... um. Like, sat- Satanistic ritual. That's what he's picking up. They go back down to Richard Ramirez's room, where <laughs> Debbie is. Um, And when the guy walks in, he immediately says, like, what's up, killer? And immediately picks up an- on a killer in the room. Like, she's like, who's the murderer in here? Yeah. And, like... She's drawn all these pictures, but it's possible that they were just people that had committed suicide. Like, nobody knows, like, who these pictures she was drawing are. Yeah. But, like, he walks into the room and says, what's up, killer? And then she's like, who was the murderer in this room? And she knows nothing about this. Yep. Um, and then they, um, when they're talking about, uh, sorry, I lost my spot. You're good. Then they leave Richard Ramirez's room yeah, and go to Elisa's room on mm-hmm. the fourth floor. Richard was on the seventh or 14th. He was on 14th. Sorry. 14, yes. 14. Yep. Lots of numbers. Um, <laughs> the medium immediately upon walking into Elisa's room says that Richard is with them and said to say hi to Zach. <laughs> um, and this is when Zach Bagans, uh develops a scratch on his neck. And then also like has to leave the room because he feels like a stabbing feeling in his eye and actually has like a red mark on his face. Um, I don't remember this. And this is when you find out that he had brought Richard's artwork to the Cecil and that Richard is like happy about this and apparently is there. Moron. Um, during this whole <laughs> investigation, they feel lots of cold breezes. Uh, like I said, during the ele- elevator game, while in Elisa's room, they hear disembodied voices in the hallways. They also see dark shadows in the hallways. They catch a lot of evidence at this. Um, I remember
1: it being freaky.
0: It was freaky. Um, They bring a thermal laser grid into Elisa Lamb's room. I hate those. Um, And literally and gave them. the, per- like, they literally give permission. They're like, oh, I give whatever spirits are in this room permission to enter our bodies. Oh, yeah. They're like, good at stupid that. Stupid fucking I literally Bilbo. wrote bad idea, all in caps. Bilbo, you have very
1: nice handwriting, by Thank the way. You. But Bilbo Baggins is very good at that. Like, He's like, fuck? Oh, here, use my
0: energy, enter my body, like Stupid. just fuck And then me he up, wonders <laughs> wh- And then he wonders why <laughs> things follow him home. Seriously. Um <laughs> they do a spirit box session in her room, and when they ask who they're talking to, a male voice says Elisa Lamb. I don't remember this. It's so scary. Uh, and then the laser grid uh, also detects a cold spot in the room as this happens. That's pretty cute. Uh They go back up to the 14th floor at some point. They hear hissing sounds. And this mm. is when Aaron starts feeling so much rage and anger, quote. <laughs> Which is like, okay. If Which know, is abnormal for him. I was
1: going to say, if you know anything about Ghost Adventures, Aaron is a teddy bear. I love yeah, Aaron. Yeah, and he's sweet. He is my favorite. I love him, okay? Hi, Aaron. Uh-huh. he's not listening to this but higher
0: <laughs> um, and when they're in Richard's room he says he feels so much rage and anger and then immediately starts to go towards the window and look out of it and everybody's like what are you doing what are you doing and he's just like no I just had to look out the window I just had to look out the window like that's what he says I just had to look out the window No, sorry what floor are they on at this point 14th floor, they're on the floor. Um, he said like he felt like he had like a sugar rush and that he was feeling all this anxiety Um, he felt like he was in danger. Um, and then he hears, he says, did you hear that? And everybody's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just heard a girl scream, but nobody else hears it. And he takes off. They, all of a sudden they turn around and Aaron is gone and they go walking down the hallway and they find him, um, like by the fire escape. He said, I heard something over here. I just went over to look at it. Like something is literally leading Aaron away from them. Elisa Lam. Um, Or something pretending to be Elisa Lamb. That's fair. Um, he said that he wanted to rush them and tackle them. He was very irritated. All of them are very irritated this whole time. It's very strange. Um, uh, Sorry. You're fine. Um, and then they go. It's literally they're like going back and forth, back and forth. Sorry, they go back to Richard Ramirez's room after finding Aaron, having having walked off, and they remove the artwork from the room. They take it out. This is when a bunch of um, uh, light anomalies appear that they can't explain. Uh, Zach also at this time has his neck touched by something. <laughs> he literally like freaks the fuck out. Um, and then they ask the spirit box if the if Richard Ramirez likes the paintings and the word that comes. I don't know if it's the spirit box, but it's that thing that'll pull up words. Uh, I don't they call it something else.
1: There's like 18 devices that I always mix up. It's like the spirit, spot, the spirit box and the ovulus and like.
0: Yeah, there's he a, yeah, it a just of like things. pulls up the words. And so they said, did Richard like that? His paintings were here. And it literally says, thank. Like, thank you. Weird. No. uh th- like I said they hear things in the hallways um there's they they have an s l s camera where they go towards the elevator and they capture an s l s figure of a person in the elevator and it was the same elevator that Elisa was in when she was acting all strange and the same elevator that Zach was in and felt that cold spot when he played the when he played the game um uh Another time they're in uh Richard Ramirez's room, they get a bunch of uh words. It says it's a friend. They say, Who are you? and it says friend, and he goes, What do you want? And it says living, and then it says female. Yeah. And it says, Who do you want a living female for? And then it says me. And Are they looking for like a sex worker? No, like look like this is like a spirit looking for like a female to like take. It's like weird.
1: Who? That's not where my brain went. Okay. And
0: then they asked Elisa, <laughs> They they literally say, "Is Elisa is Elisa here?" And present comes up. Um, on this device. Uh, during this time, elevators are opening up on their own. Nobody is in the hotel other than them. Um, there are dark shadows and a bunch of pictures that Zach takes during the in, in during this time. Um, they also press the button for the fifteenth. 15th 14th floor <laughs> um, and it took them to the seventh floor and it did this during the elevator game too like i said weird yeah uh there's lots of female voices saying hey lots of hellos like that you're hearing in the spirit box it's very strange Almost Um, like it,
1: it literally reminds me of like when you know when you're in a hotel and you just and walk past somebody in the hallway or it's the same like courtesy you give to somebody when you pass them walking on the street and you just you give like a little hey
0: like, hey yeah Hi.
1: yeah like just to not be awkward just be like exactly. i acknowledge you there right hey.
0: um so the second part <laughs> of their uh of their investigation is all about the other things that happen in the hotel they go to jack Unterweger's room they go to all the rooms of all the people that have passed all, the, all these like untimely deaths um yeah. And I found out, th- and this wasn't in my episode about Jack Guntervaker, but apparently um, Jack Guntervaker was, like, obsessed with Richard Ramirez and, like, stayed at the Cecil because, like, that's where Jack Guntervaker stayed. See,
1: that was the fact that I knew. I forgot about that. I Sorry, guys. Well, no, no, no. You're fine. I had heard that he was almost like a like trying to be a copycat. That was what I knew about Jack Guntervaker was that he was – Really into Richard Ramirez. He was obsessed with him for Richard sure. Ramirez. And like wanted to like. Like not like. I don't know how to describe this. But be like, like him. Be like him, basically. Yeah. That's, that was like the small sliver of knowledge I had about him. <laughs> but I, I forgot th- about that. I've never heard it anywhere outside of, and I think that's where I heard it. Was in this? Was in that. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I, remember. I, I, I hadn't watched this for the Jack O'Devregor episode. Because I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. And I think that's where I got that knowledge from. Mm-hmm. And then when you talked about it, you didn't really say that. So I was like, oh.
0: No, I forgot. I forgot. I mean, no, he no, totally was. He fine. was obsessed with him. Um, so during the second part, they actually bring in a historian, in a historian mm-hmm. who comes in and tells them about Jack Ritterfager's room, who goes to Pigeon Goldie's room. And they talk about that. They talk about, um, Helen Gurney. They mm-hmm. talk about, um, the 19 year old personal girl. They talk about a lot of these things. And while they're walking through the hotel, they go to Pigeon Goldie's room and the, um, historian becomes visibly uncomfortable and has to leave the room, like has to leave He's, Ooh. like, so uncomfortable. He's like, I, I have to go. Um, They actually bring in a second medium for this, uh, for the second part, not the couple. So they bring in this second medium. They just kind of, like, let her go. They're like, we're not going to take you anywhere specific. You just go where you feel compelled to go. Follow your feelings. Um. She is drawn immediately to the eighth floor. Not really sure why, but she said that there is some sort of entity that likes to keep people confused she's like i just feel confused i feel so like disoriented it just feels like there's something here that's trying to keep my mind like confused yeah um and then she goes uh to the 14th floor and goes into room 1431 which was roy thompson's room one of the untimely deaths Mm -hmm. um and immediately She goes to the window and opens it and says, I have to get out of here. I have to get (gasps) out. I have to get out. I have to get out. And they're immediately like, "Um, get away from the fucking window. No, no, no. And they have (sighs) an SLS camera on her and they see a figure hovering over top of her. Oh, my God. Um, Bye. Then she goes down to the 10th floor and goes to Pigeon Goldie's room and like literally is like, I'm like, I'm like protecting my private parts. She's like, I'm protecting like my myself. And like basically, he's like, What are you what are you feeling? She's just like, I just feel violated. I feel violated. Pigeon Goldie was raped. Yeah. And stabbed and attacked. So she's basically, if you believe it, feeling Pigeon Goldie's attack. Oh. Um, they also she also at some point goes to the seventh floor and is drawn to room 712, which was Jack Unterweger's room. Sorry, you just hit my microphone if you heard that. <laughs> And they do a spirit box session in there and they ask who is with them. And you hear a very audible Jack in the the spirit box, What? which I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of this is like a spirit. If there is a spirit there, it's probably keeping all of the other spirits there. Like Elisa and Richard, maybe not even Richard, but like Elisa and all the people who died on timely deaths and things like that. Um, I don't know how much I believe that Jack Unterweger is there. It's possible that there is a spirit there that is pretending to be these people. That's so higher. that he can get That's close. That's a known demonic Um thing. <laughs> Then they all split up. One of them goes to the basement. One of them goes to the 10th floor. One of them goes to the 7th floor. I think Aaron is on the 10th floor. Or maybe he's on the 14th floor. I can't remember who's in the basement and the ten- and on the 10th floor. And then the 7th floor is Zach. Um... On the 10th floor, uh, the guy that's there, he feels cold spots. He sets a Dodgers hat on Goldie's bed. Um, He gets a bunch of light anomalies, um, like going down into the hat. It's like weird. Um, He also, he also at one point says, where's Goldie? And you just hear a giant bang. And then his Puck 2 device says evil. It's like very weird. And then on the 14th floor, um, that's where Aaron is. Uh, he goes to Roy Thompson's room. When he gets to the room, the window is open and they had closed it before they left. I remember that. And it was fucking freaky. He did a mirror experiment because apparently like ghosts can come through mirrors. So he faced two mirrors close to each other. So yeah. that like, there would be like that, like that. Mirrors are known mirror to effect.
1: It's like because you look into it, it like captures the soul. It's yeah, it's like taking a picture.
0: It's yeah. yeah, so they catch a mist coming out of the mirror at one point. Um, he also hears a scream, a disembodied scream, like you can hear it, like the. They catch it on their um on the seventh floor. Zach and Aaron at some Aaron comes down at some point to to hang was. They both hear a disembodied <laughs> scream um, and something really, really scary. At one point, the faucet in Jack's room inexplicably turns on by itself. Oh, I remember that and I was freaked the fuck out. It turns on by itself and then he says, who's with me? And the spirit box says, I'm Jack. It's really hard for me to believe that Jack Unterweger's spirit is all the way in California when he died I, in Austria I mean but
1: okay. and a lot of and to be honest a lot of people died there who knows if there was not talking man, to Jack another man named Zach or sorry Jack like somebody else with that name could have died there near there oh and just happened to you know pick up what they and they just you know hear Jack and they're like oh Jack Gunterweger and it's like no but there's like a million people in the world named Jack. Exactly. It doesn't mean it's him. (laughs) And like if you
0: keep saying hi is this Jack? Is this Jack? Like it's possible that a spirit named Jack is going to come forward and be like yeah I'm Jack.
1: Like hey yeah
0: (laughs) and it's going to
1: be some random person.
0: Um, There's also been reportedly a photograph taken of a ghost boy um, um, in the fourth floor window Mm -hmm. Um, and there is also a TikToker named Pete Munzingo um, and his uh, Montzingo sorry and his uh, handle is at Pete Montzingo it's P-E-E-T-M-O-N-T-Z-I-N-G-E-O or G-O sorry not G-E-O. Um, he lives across the street from the Cecil and has captured some really really weird stuff it looks like there's a woman trying to like fly like fling herself out of one of the windows he like literally called the police nobody is there. He has, like, a picture. It's weird. He's tried to send his drone in, and his drone, like, always is, like, malfunctioning right before it gets in and, like, falling. Yep. He, it fell at one point. He was able to get it back by the construction workers, and then he does it again. It falls again, and it disappears. He doesn't know where it went. Um, so if you want to see those episodes, like I said, um, you can look him up on TikTok, Pete Montzingo. Videos. Um. What did I say? You said episodes. Oh, sorry. If you want to okay. see those TikToks, sorry. <laughs> wine. Um, but anyway, y'all, after an hour and 40 minutes, that is. You were like, this is going to be a short
1: one. I, well, I thought. It's not. <laughs> it was very good, though. Uh,
0: That is the weird, weird history of the Cecil Hotel.
1: That is very weird.
0: It's very odd.
1: And it's closed now.
0: Yeah, it we don't un- know when
1: it's going to open back up. It's 100% closed. Don't go
0: there.
1: Yeah, like don't try to stay there.
0: <laughs> don't try to like break in. <laughs> if that's you, illegal. Yeah,
1: that's stupid. Don't do that. If you see any ads like, hey, it's really cheap. You can come stay here. It's not true. That's a bad ad. They're closed. Or they're trying
0: to steal your credit card information.
1: They are very much closed. They're probably going to rebrand again, which I don't blame them because like I said,
0: I feel like they're just going to keep it the Cecil, though, because apparently after Elisa died there, like people started flooding in wanting to see it. Like, well, yeah, you, you I mean, I feel like part of them should like l- lean into the spooky. Well, it's like sp- the spooky.
1: I mean, if you watch, if you watch, you watched the <gasps> Netflix documentary and they talk highly about the fact that there after Elise's death there was YouTubers and conspiracy theorists all these people that flocked to the hotel to try and stay there because they wanted to stay in her room get a glimpse of where she spent her last moments find the elevator where she had that where there was the weird you know footage taken and it was a lot of you know they tried to prevent it for a while I remember just they they talked a lot about the fact that there was security guards
0: walking around that would
1: walk around, and yep. so it was actually very hard a lot of those people that actually went to stay there and try and you know learn about Elisa's case and follow her footsteps. They really weren't even able to because
0: security was security so
1: was so high that they'd stop them. It was like if you weren't in the hallway to either go in or out of the hotel or to the bathroom. They sent you out of there. They'd be like, what are you doing here? They'd be like, you know, where's your room? What are you doing here? Do you belong here? Show me your room card. Like everything. It was. Yeah. You were not. They made it basically impossible to try and go in there and just experience it and investigate it in like a normal hotel, walk around it. And
0: honestly, if that were me, I would rebrand and lean into the spook. Because morbid tourism is a thing.
1: It is, and it's becoming bigger and bigger.
0: And it really, um, is. it's like staying at the Shining Hotel, uh, the Stan, the Stanley.
1: Yeah, and it's well, and it's at the point where everybody knows the Cecil Hotel was at this address. We all know that you tried to rebrand the stay on Maine. If you change your name again, there are going to be—I mean, like the first time they rebranded the Stay On Main, they got their five stars and their good reviews and everything and everything. But at this point, I don't think they can avoid it anymore.
0: No, they can't. I think not after Elisa, not after all of this. Because
1: at this point, the second they rebrand and open back up, it's going to be like, oh, Cecil Stay On Main rebranded to this now, and there's going to be a million articles about it. There's no avoiding it. Yep. And I think, I think you're right. I think they should lean into the spook. Or I think they should just hop back to the Cecil Hotel and
0: I mean, make it nice. I was going to say, they can still update, do whatever the heck they want to, but I would lean into the name. Don't do a rooftop because hotel. Because if you're listening to our podcast, that's uh, such a bad taste. Don't do that. Pool. Rooftop pool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't do a rooftop hotel. <laughs> oh, God. What okay. a day. I'm the one that has finished all my I have not. She is not.
0: All right. Anyway, Nicole, Probably. where can they find well, us? Well, hold on. Ho, ho, ho. Hold your horses. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Before sorry,
1: sorry. we go anywhere, that was a Boston. I'm sorry. Oh, God, Hold your horses. Oh, the horses and the before, and you gotta just chill. I'm from Massachusetts, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry for the accent. It's ridiculous. A lot of this episode. Was very dark. Major bummer, like we said, was here. This is a serious moment. We just want to, you know, if you guys are struggling with anything, whatever is going on in your life, there are people out there that really care about you. And if you find it hard to find somebody to talk to, you don't know what to do, and you're feeling a little bit hopeless, there are suicide hotlines that you can call. Where there are people that you can talk to 24-7. Yep. Um, This is just a little PSA. If you call 800-273-8255. That is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. It is, again, available 24 hours. Please know there are people that care about you. Whether you know it or not, there are people who care about you. Mm -hmm. Call this hotline. Talk to somebody. Your life matters. Yes. Agreed. Like, just all seriousness. Suicide is not the way.
0: Nope.
1: You can do this.
0: If you need some help, call them. Heck, email us. I was going to say, seriously, email us. Uh, I will talk to you. I will talk to you, yes. You
1: are not alone. Yes. You are definitely not alone. There are people out there that want to help. Yes. So, right. again, that number is 800-273-8255. National Suicide Prevention Hotline.
0: Now, Nicole, where can <laughs> you find us? <laughs> Let me pull up my list.
1: Instagram loads. Do, 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 to
0: get to my link tree. Instagram
1: is the do, fastest do, do. way for us to get to our own link tree. We should probably... <laughs> <laughs> well we did have it on a piece of paper and tyler threw them away oh but- <laughs>
0: poor tyler
1: <laughs> well we've updated since then anyway so whatever <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys are looking to find us places there's a lot of places so buckle up for this list we are on patreon patreon which is patreon.com slash buzzkillers podcast Which, if you do not know, Patreon is a subscription website, either for $1 or $2 a month. We are cheap dates. You can subscribe to this website, and you get all of this exclusive content. You'll get, sometimes you'll get early episodes. We will drop them before our regular Sunday date. You'll get behind the scenes. You'll get just, you know, our lives. We will do, do like, like, almost like a blog update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sign up for our $2 tier, you'll get a handwritten letter plus some exclusive Buzzkiller
0: stickers. Which are not available unless we give them to you physically or you get these cards. (laughs) I was going
1: to say. And if you know us physically, that's a little weird unless you're our friends. Listen, I've had a lot of wine. I'm sorry if I don't. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Basically. Like me
0: physically handing you a sticker. If
1: you're not my (laughs) friend and I physically hand you a sticker, you're a stalker and I just want you to go. No I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) You might be a fan that just happens to be in the area Listen there's some wine in my system Sorry (laughs) Um, But Patreon Patreon is fun All of the money that you give us Is going to go to bettering this podcast Yes Technology Merch Everything you can think of Not a single dollar goes to Goes towards anything else It's to
0: make your listening experience better What she said (laughs) Um, and
1: for social media, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BuzzKillers Podcast. At BuzzKillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at BuzzKillersPod. BuzzKillersPod. Um, if you head over to YouTube and click into that search bar, you can find us, BuzzKillers colon a true crime podcast.
0: BuzzKillers colon a true crime podcast.
1: And while you're over there, please hit that freaking subscribe button. If we Like and it, subscribe. If we hit enough subscribers, we will get our own URL. You will not have to try and search us through the depths of YouTube anymore. You <laughs> can just like YouTube.com backslash whatever. So hit that subscribe button. It Please means, and thank you. Means the world to us. Um, <laughs> and every episode is on YouTube. Um, along with we have a whole playlist of sources. So every YouTube video that we've used for it, literally anything, is in one combined place. It actually can be very interesting. There's a <laughs> there's a big variation of things in there. There's a big. List. I think there's like sixty videos in it right now, and it's crazy. It, there are so many different types of videos. There's a lot of um. Them. But we hope to eventually get to more exclusive content on YouTube. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe we'll start videotaping our episodes and you can watch us record live. Kind of. Not live. That's but like, scary
0: to me, but, but yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if you would like to listen to us, we are at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music slash Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and our host, Platypus, Podbean. Podbean. And I know that there's a few other places that we have been, like, added to. And I think it's just places that Podbean is like, boop, we're putting you on here. But you don't really know.
0: Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) I feel like
1: we've gotten a few emails from random places that I've been like, what is
0: that? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's just, like, something that we've been added to. And it's, like, something, it's, like, a sub part of Google Podcasts. And it will be like, oh, because you're on Google, you're here, too. And I don't know that. And we'll get random emails. And I'm like, I didn't even know we were on that platform or that that was a thing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you can so also go to our website.
1: Yes. We have our very own beautiful website, buzzkillerspodcast.com. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. You can learn about a little bit about Macy and I. There are um, a few different pages you can read. Look at all the wines we've ever tried. I put up pictures of the bottles. With descriptions. Nice. Nice. Or you can. Honestly you can even listen to us on our website. There's a whole page dedicated to all of our episodes. Um, You can. Check out. Sorry, I just blanked on literally everything. (laughs) (laughs) There's a link to our Instagram feed. So if you don't have Instagram, you can check out our Instagram through our website. Or if you'd like, you can hit up our contact page. And our contact page has a form. If you would like to fill out, you can shoot us a direct message, which will email straight to us. Tell us about your own personal stories. Please tell us your thoughts on episodes we've covered. Give us topics for either months or just episodes anything you want to hear please tell us we are so open to suggestions we actually have a couple that some people sent us that we are working on working in there and yeah we're working on
0: doing it maybe another listener's choice month soon so exactly
1: um and if you do not want to use the website you can email us directly it is buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com um, at um you know guys even if you don't want to send us suggestions and you just want to say a little hello we welcome all emails all yes. communication we will definitely be you know saying hi and shooting you some happy emojis because you like <laughs> us <laughs> yeah we're just happy oh i hit my microphone again we're just happy you guys like us <laughs> you like us you really like us
0: <laughs> Anyway, it guys, is... stay tuned. Next month, mm-hmm. it's October, so we're doing some spookified things. Heck yeah. We're so excited. Cheers
1: to our 50th episode. Eee, that's I today. can't believe it's been over a
0: year we hit episode 50. It's crazy. We have so many episodes. Technically, we have way more than 50. But With al- all the minis, but with I all think the minis, we have over 60. Like, yeah, with all the minis, we have way over but Which is um, just bizarre. But full <laughs> episodes, we have 50 now, and we will be back at you. Sorry, I took a caffeine pill.
1: <laughs> it's a Friday. We've been working a long freaking week, guys. <laughs> okay,
0: sorry. <laughs> um, next month, Spook Spook is coming at you. We're so excited. November's going to be really fun. We've got some awesome stuff happening at the end of October. So if you're a Patreon, be on the lookout for that exclusive content. You're going to be getting updates from us from a very awesome place. And we're so excited to share it with you. We've been Mm -hmm. keeping it uh, on the down low for a couple months now. Um, But, yeah. What? Oh, I thought you were saying stop. No, (laughs) no, no, no. no. Sorry.
1: I was just, like, clapping my hands together. Yay! I did, like, a weird alligator mouth with my hands. And it, it looked like I was telling Macy to, like, stop
0: Anyway, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting us to almost 8,000 downloads. We are tantalizingly close, like 50 away. Oh, my
1: God. We're so close. From
0: uh, 8,000 downloads. If we None of this would be possible without all of you listening and continuing to send us your suggestions and your love. um, And... Yeah, like I said, we'll be back at you next month with some some spookified content. Hell yeah! Okay, we love you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations LLC.